0: Spoken word, poetry and rap are an art form. And my next guest, Simon Mole, has been learning his craft for many years and is now a children's educator. He's a National Poetry Day ambassador and an acclaimed children's poet. He's performed on the same stage as John Cooper Clarke, Kate Tempest and Simon Armitage. And his next gig is a poetry picnic at Alexandra Palace. So let's find out more. Simon, welcome to Tea Time with me, Ali Monja. How are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm very good, thanks, actually. I today have revealed online the front cover of my new book for the very first time. So that is, it's an exciting day, in fact, yes.
0: Fantastic. And this is your second book, isn't
1: it? Yeah, that's right. It is called I Love My Bike. And yeah, it's been illustrated by Sam Usher, who is... Yeah, my two kids are three and uh, six and they are not, kind of reassuringly hard to impress with like work stuff. But when I told them that he had done the pictures of it, they were both like, wow, quite visibly starstruck. They've just just got a couple of books that he's either written or illustrated. So I was like, yeah, this next thing I'm doing, he's doing the pictures for it. So that was a, a really nice moment. Like I got the advanced copy through. And I was surprised at how different it actually feels. Like, I'd seen, you know, you see something on the screen and then when you see it actually as a as an actual book, it was just, yeah, I was quite moved by having the physical object, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so it's a really good day, actually, yeah.
0: Fantastic. So is this book something that you came up with during lockdown?
1: Oh, no, it's been in the makings for a while. We did put the finishing touches to it during lockdown and that really did reaffirmed for me the importance of like some of the central themes of it uh and also kind of what a lifeline a bike can be off you know particularly in lockdown countless families got that escapism in that really tough and challenging time from being outdoors and being together a bit more and like I read this crazy thing about like bike sales increasing over 60 percent or something during lockdown like everyone was just desperate to get a bike and so I kind of, when we were just finishing off, it was in my mind that something that hopefully like a lot of families could enjoy reading together, but also maybe would be inspired to be like, yeah, I've had a look at the book, but now I want to get outside and get active and see the world. Do you know what I mean? I was think a bike makes a, just the kind of standard journey feel a bit more like an adventure. Do you know what I mean? Even just
0: yeah. going
1: around a corner shop or something, especially when you're a small, small child, those first first few times when you are learning to ride a bike and overcoming challenges yeah for sure like I remember with my boy he was just like because so, he had a balanced bike first you know the ones about pedals and when you first showed him with pedals like he could balance great but he was just so annoyed that these pedals were there <laughs> like and just to see you, you know it's going to be worth it though do you know what I mean so it's really nice as a parent the to see them going through, overcoming those challenges, and sticking with something to, to kind of accomplish something for the first time, because I guess it must just feel pretty mad, like you see.
0: Well, it's like driving a car, isn't it? When they get to teenagers, I mean, mine are teen at well, teenagers and twenties now, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that that first initial moment is they're in control of their own wheels. And it, it's really quite an exciting time, isn't it? To be able yeah, to it increases the, the
1: size of the world, doesn't it? Well, that they that they can maybe access and be a part of. Like it's obviously the internet has changed that a bit, hasn't it? You feel like the world is accessible in a different way, maybe to like when I was growing up, but really remember those, you know, first times mates like had a car that we could travel further or like you know, just ride into the other side of Brighton where I grew up. You just feel like, well, I can get anywhere in this, city. do you know what I mean? You don't have to like ask for a lift or have bus fare or like.
0: No, you're out on the road, aren't you? So you first started writing this uh, this book, well, before lockdown, as you said. Yeah. So is it, you know, short poems or uh, how does it oh, go? it's
1: actually, yeah, it's like, it's a picture book. It's just kind of like a short a story about a little girl that learns to ride a bike for the first time, basically with the help of her dad, and so she just kind of, you know, it's just you. I think in a, what I hope is a good way, it's, it's very simple, it's just like one kind of that experience distilled into one bike ride. I feel like it is poetry, although it is a picture book text as well, do you know what I mean? So it opens with like, I love my bike, there's a flame on the frame and a bell on the bars, and it's red so it's fast. I love my bike you know what I mean so you could imagine it's kind of it's got like a maybe like lyrical refrain kind of feel to certain sections of it and I think that's what I love about writing for and with children in general like initially I thought oh would it have to be really simple so that they can follow it but actually they do seem to enjoy that almost uh, consciously poetic language being playful with words either like alliteration or rhyme or whatever it is from a really young age um minds are kind of hardwired to enjoy predicting what sounds might come next do you know what I mean and I think yeah that's yeah, cool yeah
0: definitely it is and as you said it's your second book isn't it because your first book yeah. was oh a couple of years ago now wasn't
1: it yeah yeah and that, that was called kites that's maybe for a slightly older. Not necessarily. I think it's tricky with picture books. It's hard to know like exactly what, because it's also for a grown-up, usually, to read aloud to a child. And I think that's partly what's so exciting, I think, about, about picture books for me, is that it's one of those areas where, obviously, not everyone's lucky enough to have lots of books at home. I don't mean that, but in terms of, like, it seems like it's quite a mainstream art form do you know what I mean like a bedtime mm. book is like a familiar routine in a lot of households Oh gosh. Then, like, making a picture book is the potential audience of families to read that just is is quite wide compared to a lot of other kind of books that you could write and that just feels like a really exciting opportunity and I love the idea that there might be layers in it so we read this fantastic book the other week called Look Up. It's a picture book, I think it's by Nathan Bryan, and that's Someone's done drawings for it. Like, it's absolutely great. So my three-year-old loved it, like, straight away. I think it's because it's got this really strong first-person speaker, like a little girl, kind of narrating her own story. But then my six-year-old really liked it as well because there were some levels that he was enjoying. And then I was really liking it. Do you know what I mean? Or kind of, It's like when you watch those family films, the best ones where you're genuinely into it as a grown-up as well do you know what I mean and I think that's the kind of poetry that I want to make and the kind of shows that I want to make where you take your children and you think this is going to be fun for them but also I'm going to enjoy this as well like I'm going to be creatively engaged or inspired or entertained or just have a bit of a giggle as well like like with them but also as a grown-up you can kind of feel like you've got something out of it as well beyond just being able to chill out Some I don't know you know it's like as a parent sometimes you go to stuff and you're like all right well I'll sit here and message my mates for a bit and like the kids are happy they're enjoying it this is yeah. cool like, just to be totally but you're honest.
0: not connecting no I know what you well, mean it's I- like
1: sometimes isn't it just to be do you know what sometimes kids love that stuff the most like I'm not judging the quality of any of those things you know what I mean if they're happy and they are genuinely love going to see something then that's really for like different reasons but it is nice to sometimes go I feel like you're all connecting with something in your own ways
0: yeah so I think you're right I think you know it is the situation well it's like anything to do with arts and culture I mean if you are into arts and culture you can discuss it can't you as a family so I mean that's effectively what a good family film or a good family book does doesn't it it really sort of goes across all ages because i honestly do believe that you know the the best family films and best family books are the ones that you know still capture the imagination of the child that's inside you so yeah i think i think that's the key point isn't it really
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely and i think like that's what we're trying to do with these these poetry picnic events that we're running as well like which i do with um a musician, a singer, a storyteller, gecko, um, like.
0: When did you do
1: yes. the first one? Oh, to be honest, we've actually, so far we've only done online ones because um, obviously yeah. we've not been, we had one which was supposed to happen at the Albany like in autumn, then that turned to online only one. And then we've done some for Hertfordshire libraries which have been online in their holidays. So yeah, yeah, we haven't actually, haven't done uh, like obviously they are real life, but do you know what I mean? What's the, in person? Do you, do you know what I mean? We haven't done a an in person one yet, but we've got one got coming up um in like start of June is gonna be at Alexandra Palace. So that would be, so be outside. So that's cool. You could hope hopefully at this point you feel reasonably confident that something outside at that point would, would be able to take place. Do you know what I mean?
0: We do, and it it should be. We do seem to be on the the right roadmap track at the moment, don't we? Um, in terms of things, reopening opening back up again. So, I would imagine by June the sixth, um, it will be able to go ahead. And it's all outside, is it at the alley pally?
1: Yeah, yeah, they've got like a really nice outdoor outdoor bit. That just doesn't do it. it doesn't do it justice. It's not like on the main terrace. is what is what I'm trying to say. But it's a really really nice outdoor area which will set up like a you know so when families arrive they'll head over to their kind of designated blanket area and like make themselves at home get treated to a performance from a kind of you know a range of professional artists me gecko some of our friends and then what i think is interesting and exciting for me about the event is that it's very much about families being created themselves. So we play some fun and like quite silly games for everyone to get to know each other and warm up our kind of poetry powers a little bit. And then people get supported to kind of write a poem either on their own or in their kind of family themes on their blankets. And then once that's happened, any of them that want to can share what they've written like on the same stage as the professionals share their work will book some guest artists each time they'll probably write along with the workshop section so like as well as doing a poem that they know at the start you'll get a professional sharing something that they've just written in the last 15 20 minutes at the same time as the kids were writing something do you know what i mean so it's opening up that that process and kind of reminding or letting kids know that you know even professional poets have to redraft and edit and their finished work doesn't just kind of land in a book just straight away do you know what I mean and kind of part of that's part of the fun of it isn't it that sometimes you come up with some silly stuff to get to something that you do actually use and allowing that the, the idea that if you say yes to your own ideas just following that through we talk to them about having like a creator and an editor and so like at the start of the process, you'd kind of get rid of your editor and you're just coming up with absolutely anything. And that can be so much fun once you get into that flow, you know?
0: Now that, that sounds like a really good thing as well. As you said, it's another true family event that will bring people together as well. I mean, you, you said that you haven't actually done one of these live yet. So that would be really exciting for you to do it. And, you know, what if you discover somebody who's actually got a talent? Next
1: big thing? Who knows? Well, um, well, no. I think that. Well, to be honest, we we already have in some ways. Some of the children that are going to be coming along, um, are like who I think I'm pretty sure will be coming along anyway. Like, have said that they they will like have been coming to some online writing workshops that I've been running since the first lockdown. So I started to offer them for free in the first lockdown. To begin with, they were like once a week, I think, and that was quite that was quite a heavy go for all of us. So we kind of like spread them out a little bit. But like some of these young young poets, they are young poets now, definitely. Um, I've been coming, you know, at least kind of once or twice a month, like since then, which is like basically almost a year now. Do you know what I mean? So the amount of time that they've been... Write, I think they kind of see themselves as poets as well in a way that's maybe uh, that stays with them more than just when they're putting pen to paper if that makes sense like the way that they look at the world and the way that they see themselves and yeah so some of them like I've literally never met in person I've only seen on the screen and they've been coming to these writing workshops all that time but I think they live they're in London or around London, so they might be able to come actually up and me and Gecko will be able to meet them face to face for the first time, which would be pretty exciting, I think, yeah.
0: No, that will be really exciting as well, you know, especially as you said, after lockdown and everything else, because you really had initially started all this before we went into, you know, we were in the middle of a global pandemic, I suppose, really. Yeah, well, we
1: had another show that we were all set for, like, a national tour of, which was called Mole and Gecko, the show, which we had, like, which we had toured already, but we had, like, a pretty good libraries tour set up for it. And, yeah, just like so many other things, it, it couldn't happen in the end, you know what I mean? But then this this project of the online workshops has ended up being one of the most, like, in, inspiring things I think I've ever done in in my whole time as a writer and educator do you know what i mean that it's been something really quite different that you you it's hard to explain it you because they're in their homes like it feels like there's a different connection somehow Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and just you can i just love the idea that like people would see poetry or being creative with words as something that might be part of their day-to-day life. I don't mean necessarily all just sitting and reading a poem or like writing a poem every day or something, but the idea of being playful with words and appreciating the poetry that is around us in lots of different ways, be that picture books or a funny place name or a road sign or like just a little rhyme that a kid comes up with on the way up to the bath for something, do you know what I mean? Just kind of embedding that creativity and that love of words and to see that happening in like different households, some of whom I knew before and some I like didn't know at all was just, just a real privilege, yeah, yeah.
0: That sounds amazing. I mean, let's just sort of wind the clock back a little bit, Simon, when did you first become a poet?
1: It kind of depends how you define it, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? That is, that's really interesting. I think um, I always used to love like playing with words myself. I was in Brighton Youth Theatre. I remember I used to absolutely love that when I was a uh, Yeah, because like I said, I grew up in Brighton. So I was like a bit of a, like a hippie kid with like Kurt Cobain kind of curtains and a and a skateboard. My mum used to raise me on a diet of lentils and um, chickpeas and stuff. And and then I kind of discovered almost by accident that I could rap and that I really liked rapping and got into that. And then when I was at uni, I ended up being in a, in a, like a, I was lucky to find a three great band, like a big 10 piece thing with like a brass section and stuff that had a really amazing soul singer. And I used to do some stuff with them. And so maybe at the time I probably wouldn't have said I was a poet, but thinking about how I would define poetry now, I think writing lyrics or, writing text for performance do you know what i mean like it broadly could be poetry but in terms of like really trying to sit down and write what i considered to be a poem maybe like a, a bit later than that still still like a good 10 years ago or something do you know what i mean but kind of yeah it's interesting i don't know whether it really gets called spoken word now for a while it got called performance poetry for a while it got called spoken word but essentially like poetry that people write to perform do you know what i mean and i've i often I've really enjoyed writing to perform probably more than writing for page I'm not quite sure why but there's just something about different levels of meaning that you can bring to work when you speak it Do you know what I mean and yes. that's something that I've always enjoyed doing so I was kind of crafting little and also maybe it just fitted the different stuff that I've been into like I said I was into rapping I've been doing that I was into theatre and performance and I've been doing that and so like spoken word or performing poetry in some way you could jump from like a character-based thing with everyday conversational language into a rap in the same piece of work if you see what I mean and I quite enjoyed that being able to contrast those different styles within one piece yeah
0: so I mean, you're
1: now the National Poetry Ambassador, aren't you? So oh, one of. what one of, yeah. i tell you. <laughs> National Poetry Day. I mean, I'd love to be like, yes, I am the National Poet. No, no, I'm I'm a National Poetry Day ambassador. People yeah, to be honest, like that is kind of mad. Like there's a, a load of people that are doing that who are like genuinely like poets that I look up to and have looked up to for
0: but well, people like because you've you've been on the
1: same stage as people like Simon Armitage, haven't you? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably long before I was ready to be in that one, to be honest. Some of them like you know, I don't know how it is with you with writing bios for stuff. Some of them is a bit like John Cooper Clark. Yeah, I was on the you know I was on the same stage in the same day as him at a festival, so I'll put it in the bio where it wasn't like just me and him. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the Simon Armitage one was actual like a proper support slot here in that theatre where like someone had been like yeah I'd really like to book you to go on before Simon Armitage and, like, it wasn't Wait. amazing <laughs> yeah definitely yeah yeah because I wasn't like mad into poetry when I was a teenager particularly but like we studied his stuff at school and I do remember liking it and yeah look, looking back I probably wouldn't have booked me like it went all right do you know what I mean but I think um yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How how and when opportunities come up. Like, I'd love to have a go at doing that gig again now. Do you know what I mean? But then you kind of think, but yeah, yeah but but maybe maybe that was why it was interesting. The idea of having someone who was pr- pretty young and new to it, just doing a few bits at the start as a way to kind of, int- I could see why they would do that. But yeah, yeah, no, that, that was, that was a me- And he was just so nice as well. Do you know what I mean? Like proper, like friendly and, supportive and interested and stuff like i just kind of think often seems to be the case i think with you know like michael rosen just a total legend as well and John Hegg, people like that are just into just trying to bring through new younger people that that write and being really supportive of them like i did a a really cool community event at the Albany in Deptford. because so I used to live around the corner from there. I used to do a lot of stuff. That's a great theatre for community stuff. And we used to do this thing called Meet Me at the Albany, which is like a creative day club for over, like over 60s that like live in around the area. And we did an event where it was like some of those guys that we've been working with and some younger poets. And we've got John Hegley to come down as well. I, I don't know, do you know what I mean? Some people you'd approach about something like that which is maybe a bit more out there, not like a big gig. It's like come to a community event that we're doing, which is about dialogue between different generations and stuff and he was just so into it and just like just came and was just a really great part of it. And yeah, it's just nice to think that you can reach out to, to people that are like a bit bigger than you and ask them something, see if they might be interested in it. Yeah, definitely. So,
0: I mean, that's how you learn, isn't it? I think as well with people that have gone before because you're, I, I suppose, as an artist, because that's what you are, really. You're always developing, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I think you. Yeah, yeah, and especially if you're someone that wants to support other people's creativity, like it's so important. Find ways to keep supporting your own. Do you know what I mean? And keep developing that, not feeling like, oh, okay, because I'm doing something a bit like teaching with these guys. I'm, I'm kind of finished. I know how to do my thing. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, there's the cliche of, like, you learn from your students as well, which, of course, you do. But I also mean, like, just trying to find ways to, like, nourish and grow your own creative development at the same time as working with other people.
0: Which sounds amazing. It really, really does. So, can you remember what your very first performance was?
1: No, not, No, not really, to be totally honest. I just, I, I, like, what, what professionally or just...
0: Yeah, when you you actually, you know, you you could actually sort of make money out of it as well. It must have been quite a, a sort of yeah, I remember I
1: did there's a there's a great organisation called Apples and Snakes and they're one of the leading poetry organizations in the UK and I've been doing a few kind of gigs here and there and then I remember they booked me to do something and that was was a really, really big deal like. For me i don't mean it was a big deal anyway beyond that but like but like, you know like my name was on the flyer and the other people on it were people i've read their books or seen their videos and thought wow well, i really like those guys do you know what i mean so to get to get a book for that was a really big deal and i know that as an organization like a lot they do that for a lot of poets do you know what i mean like part of their remit is about supporting and bringing through that new talent and giving those people opportunities to kind of just to be heard for the first time on like a genuine platform and
0: so I mean you're you're all really about also you know as you said encouraging younger people to you know find their poetic voice would you say
1: yeah 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 and I think once they've found it to to find a platform like a genuine platform like I was saying like rather than so that's the thing about poetry picnic when we're doing at Palace like we're doing a few workshops in the in the half term in the week before with some young people and sometimes on a project you do those workshops and you have a share at the end of the week and like their families can come and see them and that is great like I've done so many projects like that in different places and that is a wonderful part of the week but what we're trying to do is maybe kind of step up from that a little and have a platform which has got that same informal friendly supportive atmosphere but also is genuinely a public event with professional performers as well do you know what I mean because I as a paying audience I think I would enjoy coming to something where you get to see professionals as well as some younger much younger poets like 10 11 year olds trying something as well do you know what I mean if it's a carefully curated experience so mix of those different voices and styles, then I think in a way I'd almost enjoy that more. It kind of punctuates that, that, those points of difference. Do you know what I mean? Will kind of keep you listening in different ways. And I think that it could be really exciting exchange, both for the audience and for for the the young people to have a chance to be in it. And another part of the project that we're doing is I've been running like a pretty like a short kind of a series of workshops, a bit like a mentoring program for this is with Apples and Snakes actually where we advertised it and then a few people applied and we picked uh six adult poets like who had been writing and performing for grown-ups for a while like and we tried to pick with a range of voices and styles and then I ran a little mini series of workshops for them to think about writing for children and families for the first time so like That that's been really exciting as well to get a kind of early stage input and insight into the process of these six poets. Who are said, do you know what I mean? Like I don't, they're not. It's not like they're different to me particularly in like the skill level and experience and stuff. They just haven't done much writing for children before. So that's been really really exciting to think. Oh wow! So then I've got them to come along to one of the online workshops and try out the rough versions of the poems that they were working on with the group of young poets that come online so they could give them feedback and yeah the, the, the pro poets that came along were just absolutely blown away by the quality of feedback that these kids were giving to them they were able to kind of this you know like the kind of stuff that they were picking out and the, the level of considered nature of the feedback that they were giving them yeah the guys just couldn't believe it that they were only like some of them are like six, seven, eight. Do you know what I mean? They were absolutely blown away by it.
0: I suppose you can write poetry about just about anything.
1: I think you, yeah, yeah. Well, One can write poetry about, about anything.
0: I mean, you've incorporated rap with it, haven't you? And...
1: People say that any poem is is a love poem because of the like, amount of time that you have to spend thinking about a thing in order to write about it. You know what I mean? So I kind of think got to have a degree of enough interest in something but a poem is more than words as well like yeah. I think a poem yeah. you you feel the meaning of a poem you understand what it means just like yeah I can understand what that means but then there's a deeper way that you can connect with it that's why it's a poem rather than an essay or a paragraph or something do you see what I mean like it's,
0: it's almost like a, that sort of um words turn into their own music, don't
1: they? Yeah, the sound of them, exactly. The shape, mm-hmm. the feel of a, of a word in a way that you can't quantify. Like, And that's why it's so important, the word choice, that you have, like, you've got there's so few words, such a distilled communication of something that the actual sound... I quite often think, like, I used to say, like, you have, like, a rock and a stone and... Mm-hmm. It could be relatively interchangeable, depending on how specific you want to get. But would you say that a rock or a stone is bigger or sharper? Which you think? Gosh, well, it depends, doesn't it? I suppose you would say a
0: rock is
1: sharper, wouldn't you? I, I think most people would say that, yes. And it may not be completely because of the sound of the words, but if you think like stone has got that kind of smooth O and then like the soft end, whereas a rock, it's the same O, but it's oh, It's like a short and then cut, like it's that sharp ended sound of it. And there's not loads of examples where it's as clear as that, but I think it's an interesting way to illustrate how the, the actual sound and shape of a word might impact how you experience the sentence that is in as well, if that makes sense. And I kind of and you're not always conscious of doing that. I don't mean I'm saying to these six year olds they've got to like sound say every single word in the whole thing aloud and pick a different one that sounds better I don't mean that sometimes it just comes out naturally but you don't know why you just get the sense that this arrangement of words might fit for this feeling versus this one and that's kind of that's the the fun of it sometimes that's the pain of it as well do you know what I mean it can be a long difficult process sometimes finishing off poems but I guess that's the same, but anything that is, is worth putting time and effort into, isn't it? Any kind of craft or...
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. <coughs> definitely, you know, it's the same for, you know, for example, I mean, I'd, I'm, you know, my background is in news, putting a news piece together. It's, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's quite, to edit it, it's really quite a task. And then, you know, you think, oh, have I said, you know, is there enough cotton and then it goes on doesn't it you know and then you think oh yeah well,
1: sometimes we once you get into it yeah yeah you can be fairly happy with it and be like yeah yeah it's done but then once you go beyond a certain point it's like yeah. a little wormhole of like well if we've changed that then maybe we need to do this and that and this <laughs> like, yeah 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 no for sure yeah yeah
0: um it's quite funny because you know i mean obviously i've never edited poetry but editing you know people's interviews or or things like that as I said news bulletins it's yeah it, it, and you also become acutely aware that if you change which is the same as poetry if you change one word you change the whole thing of it sometimes you know the whole yeah, thing and
1: yeah and yeah at the beginning when like I was saying like when there's not the editor and you're just coming up with it you need to not really think about any of that stuff. Do you know what I mean? So, so much of it is just kind of coming out from anywhere and then you start to look at it. Yeah, yeah. It, I guess it just changes day to day as well. Do you know what I mean? There's like so many different variables about how you're feeling or what else has been going on as to how much you trust your instinct or question it. Do you know what I mean? I wonder, be interested. There's no way you could ever test something like that. But if you had like the same news piece or the same poem at exactly the same start point and you came to edit it on different days like what kind of version you you'd come out with you know what I mean I wonder how that...
0: yeah it's um it's a, it's a strange thing I you know I often think that you know it, it it is a gift to be creative it really really is but it's also can be quite trying at times can't it because you know um I guess you know you can change your mind and um, can have done, done. you can't think as well I, I guess yeah, Like it
1: just doesn't go well does it sometimes and I think like even no matter how long you've been doing it and you know that it doesn't matter necessarily it hasn't gone well one time Like it still doesn't feel good and you can be there like I don't know sometimes I'm there in the evening trying to relax you're watching Kelly or trying to read or something and it's like niggling away a little bit do you know what I mean you're just like oh I wish I'd just got that thing redrafted or maybe I should have another look at it now like I and mean, for me I know after a certain point in the day or particularly the evening it's just not going to be worth going back to it I'm gonna sit there for ages like just kind of going loopy staring at it and not really make any significant change you know what I mean but I'm still getting that kind of gnawing sensation of like oh, if I said another little look maybe I could just get it finished you know what I mean whereas on those days when you've you've just got into it straight away, you've found a bit of a flow, you've totally smashed it, like it's just the best feeling, which is weird, like it makes it sound like I don't actually enjoy doing it. And to be honest, sometimes maybe I do enjoy having done it more than doing it, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But, Yeah, but. I, do.
0: I do, So you've got this coming up, this event on June the 6th. So is this sort of like the start now of many events, like this poetry picnics to come?
1: Yeah, well, I'd, hope, I'd hope so like there's probably going to be maybe like four or five over the summer at various at various places either online or in person or mixed you know some of them we might have like a big screen up so the audience could zoom in as well and it just depends really like I'm getting the sense people are a bit a bit done with, the, with online unless there's a real reason for it being online as opposed to in person do you know what I mean if you're genuinely increasing the quality of the experience or the access to that experience by making it online, then fair enough, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, Simon, it has been lovely to chat to you, really. Oh, that's Good that's luck with this. And yeah, so what, after that, what will be your sort of next project, do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally sure, to be honest. Like, I'm going to continue making some more um, tutorial videos. Like, I make these kind of write a poem in 10-minute videos. I've got a few more of them kind of set up that I'm ready to write, make in the lead up to National Poetry Day. It's, it seems like it's a long way off. That's going to be in October. Do you know what I mean? But I'll get a few of them made, hopefully, in the run up to that. There's quite a lot of them on my YouTube channel now, actually. So if anyone's listening thinking, oh, I'd love to do a bit of writing, even if it's not something you normally do, if you've got 10 minutes spare, if you just Google write a poem in 10 minutes or look from, I think it's youtube.com forward slash Simon Mole, like loads of little activity videos that you can have a go at there. So like, yeah, I'm going to make a few more of them. Just try and get some events to do with the book, to be honest, as well. It's the...
0: Well, Simon, as I said, lovely to meet you. Good luck with it all. And I That's hope the book does well. No, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll be watching watching out for you. So thanks Bye. for coming to Tea Time. Look forward to chatting with my next guest on the Tea Time Sofa this time next Saturday. In the meantime, if you would love to get in touch about having a chat with me, you can reach me on teatime at forthenow.co.uk or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on Teatime with A.M. Bye for now.